We're going to start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. We started last week talking about the gift of discernment. And uh, I told you it would be in two parts. And last week we saw um, that there are some gifts that we are to continue to pursue and some other gifts that we are um, that have run their course in the, in the history of the church and they're not for us today. And we saw that chapter 12 gave us the basic principles of thinking about spiritual gifts, especially verses 4 through 7, where the apostle says, There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit, There are differences of ministries by the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And to review one thing that we saw last week was that there are several important principles regarding the gifts of the Spirit that he gives to the church. The first one we saw here is that there's a variety of gifts. There's all kinds of gifts that are given to the church, not just one. And the whole point of the chapter is that we need them all. There isn't one that, you know what, that one, we don't need it. We're just going to keep these other ones. Because when you look throughout, that's the very point that Paul is making, that some people are saying, my gift is more important we don't need that gift. And he talks about the toes and the nose and, and the, the, the less um, noble parts of the body and the more noble parts of the body as, as people perceive them all being needed. So there's a variety of gifts because we need them all. We need the gifts that God's given us in order to build the church, in order to build each other up in the fullness of Christ. Now, the, the, the second thing we saw is that all these gifts are empowered by the Holy Spirit. So they're not just our own aptitudes, they're not just the things that we like doing, that they're empowered by the Spirit. So it's not just a personality-driven thing, oh, I like these things, therefore the Spirit must have given a gift. Sometimes He empowers us to do things that we're not so comfortable with, and yet people recognize that that's something that we should be doing, and we go ahead and, and do, should do those things. We also see here in this passage that they are in all believers, Every believer has been gifted by the Spirit. Now you can go online and find all kinds of spiritual gifts inventory. You can take one, whatever. And most of us have secretly taken a personality test to figure out if we're phlegmatic or sanguine or choleric or melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, which, you know, is not. It's, it's good as far as it goes, as long as we don't think the personality is fixed. No, we're changing. We're, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we are growing from glory to glory to the image of Jesus Christ. So to say that these things are fixed. But, so you can take a, a, a spiritual gift inventory. Um, one of the things we're going to see today is that the Spirit might actually change your gifting as you grow in the Lord. Because the gifts are given as the church needs them. So you know, for a season... The Lord might have you do this one thing and equip you to this thing. But as the church changes or grows or shrinks or, what, or ages or gets younger, whatever it is, you might change your gifting and you may have to 
serve him in a different way. So as an, as an empowerment by the Spirit, they're in all believers. They're a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, so it's not done in our power, it's, it's to point to him. So no spiritual gift, if it's truly a spiritual gift, it will cause the person to go, look at me. Hey, this gift is given so that I, you all can see me. Because it is a gift to manifest the Spirit. And the, when, the Spirit, when the Spirit manifests himself, guess what happens? What is the primary ministry of the Spirit? To exalt Christ. So if, in a church in which the Spirit is very active, Christ to be exalted. Christ will be much, made, much, made much of. You know, it's not necessarily the church that talks about a lot of the spirit, about the Spirit in which the Spirit is active, but it's the church that exalts Christ in all her life. So the, the, the gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit, and it's, they are for the common good of every believer. That's how verse 7 ends. It's for the profit of all. It's for the common good of every believer. So whatever gifting God has given us, so that we all, in the Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, 11 17 way, we all can grow into the fullness of our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to all of you? Any questions or comments on, on that? Well, okay, so what is, what is the gift of spiritual discernment? Remember a while ago, Lois said, what if uh, we don't have the gift of this discernment? Well, and I said, discernment is something that every Christian is called to practice, which is true. But we're going to see tonight that some Christians have a, uh, a better time, an easier time, uh, more accurate time of, of discerning things than others. Uh, some Christians may have to work le- uh, not as hard in order to be discerning as, as others. Now, we read the Bible and read the New Testament, and you, it, it's, it's clear to us that there were many false prophets and false teachers who claimed to speak God's words with God's authority. These men were strangers to God, but yet they claimed to speak for Him. Many Christians were drawn by their personality, by their oratory, by their teaching. So throughout the New Testament, we have all these exhortations to test all teaching. See that in first, we see that in 1 John 4, verse 1. We see that in uh, Jesus himself says, the Spirit will lead you in uh, what is true. We see often we, uh, uh, Paul saying the Thessalonians for us to, to test all things, to verify all things. So there's all these these exhortations to um, test things, to examine things, to dis- discern things. The, the, the word for test is exactly that idea of dividing, judging through what is right and what is wrong, which was very of the very essence of our definition of discernment. Now, some commentators draw a direct line from spiritual gift of prophecy to the gift of discernment, but it doesn't really have to be that way. I don't think that argument can be sustained for us to say that's the case. Um, so, the gift of discernment is the ability to look at a teaching... Look at a proposition, look at a statement, look at what's being taught, and, this, and figure out if this is true or not, if it is from God 
or not. That's really the ultimate, the, the, the ultimate definition of the gift of discernment. Now, all Christians are responsible for what they believe. Nobody can say, oh, he made me believe it. No, like he, Satan made me do it. The argument doesn't work. Uh, we are all accountable for what we believe. We're responsible for that. But it seems clear that some people are especially gifted by God for this task. Men and women with the gift of discernment are especially gifted in distinguishing between those words, deeds, and appearances that are true and those that are false. And I, I put the word appearance here because remember what Paul says in 2 Corinthians? That uh, uh, Satan sometimes appears as an angel of light. And he's, I, I don't think he's necessarily talking about a physical sighting of Satan, but that his, his ideas are, can be packaged as an attractive way that appears like something come from, coming from light. And we have to discern those things so that we don't follow them. Some people have an easier time doing that. And those Christians who are gifted with discernment will be able to compare ungodly words, deeds, and appearances with what God has revealed in His Word and expose the fraudulent and keep what is good. They're going to be able to expose the fraudulent teachers, the fraudulent leaders, and keep what is, what is good. And notice that discernment is always... It always has to do with the Word of God. If, we have, if you have the gift of discernment, it means that you're very able to understand the Word of God and compare things to the Word of God. Not to some secret message you received directly from God, but to the Word of God. Any questions on that? So, it means that to be an elder in the Church of Jesus Christ, you must have the gift of discernment. It's implied in the um, the qualifications. If you look at uh, in Titus 1 and in 1 Timothy 3, both of them says that the elder must be able to, in Titus, refute heresy, and in Timothy, to positively teach the doctrine that the church believes. So all those things have to do with the sermon. So you cannot be an elder in a church if you don't have the gift of, of discernment. And, and the Spirit will equip men with that gift uh, to be elders in the church. Any questions on that? All right, so how can I know... Well, that doesn't look right. How can I know the Holy Spirit has gifted me? There's too many words there. That's what I mean. How can I know that the Holy Spirit has gifted me with the gift of discernment? Any ideas? How can I know that the Holy Spirit has gifted me with the gift of discernment? Sonia. Well, the Bible says Sonia has a gift of discernment? Yes, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless your name is Paul or Timothy or, you know, or Peter. <laughs> Amy. Aren't all Christians called to be discerned? So all Christians are called to be discerned, yes. We start with that statement. But some Christians are better able to discern um, I, through ideas and teachings and so on. You see a hand over here? How, how do we know if the Holy Spirit has given us a gift of, of discernment? It's, sorry, Nick. Other people recognize it. Okay, other people recognize, okay, Scott. Practice. Practice of discernment. Practicing it and seeing that it, you've been successful at it. Okay, all right. How well you know the Bible. How well you know the Bible, okay. What else? Yes. You're not a heretic. 
You're not a heretic. Yes, that's a plus. That might be like a, a, a floor, not a ceiling on the discernment, uh, on the discernment uh, thing. So the Bible seems to indicate that Christians will typically know how they have been gifted. The, 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 the God will help them know how they have been gifted. There's a, certainly nothing that would hint at the modern uh, gift inventories that uh, you can take. But yet, most, while most Christians know the, the gifts of the Spirit are given to God's people, they continue to struggle with identifying the ways that which God has gifted them. Right? Uh, we know the Bible teaches that, that uh, the Spirit gives gifts to us, the Christians. We are Christians, so God has gifted us. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that the Bible teaches that the, the believer knows what their gifting is. And yet, how often we struggle to figure out what that is. Right? I mean, can you raise your hand and say, I'm confident that God has given me this particular gift. Lois, quilting does not count. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so go ahead. You, you had your hand up. Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I believe that God has given me the gift of teaching. Okay. And um, the reason I believe that is because of what Nick said, people have given me feedback about mm-hmm. the insights I've shared when I'm doing Bible study with them. Um, and that there's joy in yeah. functioning within what the, ho- the Holy Spirit um, provides. It's not a burden. Um, and, uh, and there are times where I, something comes out of my mouth that I have not thought about at all. And I think that that is... Yeah, that happens to me too. Usually it's like a foot that like, goes in my mouth when I have to say something I have not thought at all. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and what has come out, you can find in Scripture. So the Scripture backs it up. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's kind of how I've settled on what I believe the Lord okay. gifted me with. Um, I have a friend who has the gift of discernment and she just has this instinctive insight into what's going on so we're going to see here that that's not really biblical discernment what you're describing there because biblical discernment is actually applying the bible to something not just kind of being able to be detective I said instinctive that's not really a good word yes by instinct, we are sinners, so we don't want to do that, right? She's, Naturally. She's a very godly woman. Yeah. And it probably taught me more about Scripture than anybody else in my life. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to continue here. Hold, on, hold your thought, okay? Back up just a little bit. I just looked down my notes. I, I skipped a section. So um, that's why I was, <laughs> I'm not going to ask Keith, Keith to... Yes. Keith has a spiritual gift of sarcasm. <laughs> uh, and that's your host for the talent show, by the way, so that, uh, you know, so do at your own risk. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say this, that because gifts are given for the benefit of the body, it seems likely that where there is a need, there will be someone with the gifting to fill that need. So, here, if you're, if you're a true church of Jesus Christ, there is going to be needs in that church, and Christ is going to equip people by His Spirit to fill those needs, even if those fillings, the filling of the needs are temporary till somebody more gifted in that area 
comes, comes to, to the church. If a church has a desperate need for a person with the gift of teaching, it seems likely that someone within the church has been given such a gift and maybe feel the need uh, at, at least for a season. Right? Because there's no church without teachings, teachers. And, and, and Christ tells us he gives to his church teachers. Similarly, if a, person has, if a person is a member of a church where there is no opportunity to exercise a certain gift, if it is truly a spiritual gift as discerned by the body, then it may be that this church needs to create opportunities uh, for that. And, and also remember that a lot of the Christian the spiritual gifts are, are to be exercised informally. They're not just... Sometimes you think, oh, all the gifts must be exercised on Sunday morning worship service. No, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's when people get together, it's all kinds of times that the spiritual gifts are to be exercised. And, and the leaders of the church, of churches, should seek to ensure that they are providing opportunities for members to exercise the full spectrum of gifts that he gives, that the Spirit gives. And notice that we have no list that are exhaustive in the Bible. Right? There, we don't, whatever the church needs, Christ provides. So, uh, the list would be too long to contain any book of the Bible. We just know that he provides for, for them. And for those of us who continue to struggle with identifying how God has gifted them, here are just a few principles that will prove helpful. How should we begin? Yes, begin with prayer. Pray. God promises to give wisdom to anyone who asks for it. Right? James 1.5 God's going to give wisdom to anybody that asks. So we should begin our search for gifting by asking God to make it plain to us how He has gifted us and how He desires that we serve Him by serving others. Remember that every gift is for the purpose of serving others. Okay? Second thing we could do is look for passion. What is it that we're passionate about? You know, Somebody in the church really believes that there's a need for better organization, better administration, and is always seeing the problems with the different ways the church is, uh, is managed and so on. Guess what that person may have? Not the gift of criticism, that's not a gift, but the, the gift of administration. And guess who should be doing those very things that he's complaining about? Him. A lot of times when you have a passion about something, when you can notice those particular problems, you may be the one as gifted by God to actually solve, step in and fill those, those places that need the filling as well. So a person passionate about having people into their home may have the gift of personality. A person who loves organizing events may have the gift of, of, of some kind of leadership. A person who is passionate about the truth of God may have the gift of Gift, be gifted with discernment and, and so on. Uh, you cannot have the gift of discernment if it's not attached to your growing your knowledge of the Bible, by the way. Those are not, if you're, yeah, I, I have the gift of discernment, but I'm not into studying the Bible. You don't have the gift of discernment. I'll tell you right now, uh, that, that's the case. You ask, for, uh, ask others. That's, a, that's actually a better indication than your self knowledge. Ask others what they think. Try them. I think I have that, this gift. Well, try it out. See if you do. Um, try different opportunities to serve. 
Because again, every gift is related to service. No gift is related to self-exaltation. Every gift is related to service. And then after you try them, guess what you do? You keep on trying it. No, don't give up so easily. The Bible does not tell us that it's all spiritual gifts are given at the time of conversion. Right? Oh, I've been saved. Now I fully know the Bible. No, you keep on growing and keep on trying and you keep on growing in the Lord. So what do I do with the gift of discernment? If I have it, what do I do with it? Well, what's every gift for? Serve others. So use it to serve others. But the gift of discernment is specially necessary and specially valuable during times that Christianity is considered acceptable in society. The most dangerous time for the church is a time in which she is not being persecuted. The most dangerous time for the church is a time where it doesn't cost you anything to be a Christian teacher. Because then, who cares, right? You just, you're not going to be put to death by what you say or teach or believe, so things rise up. So in our time, the gift of the sermon is of ultimate importance because as history can attest, we do not, in, in American tradition, we do not live a time of persecution. Compared to any time in history, we are not being persecuted as the American church or as the American Christian. Are, are you with me with that? Whatever pressures and other difficulties we have at work, that's nothing compared to the history of the church and in, throughout the, the ages and in some parts of the world even today. So this is a very important time that we live in to be discerning, to have the gift of discernment uh, um, practiced and found out and, and, and used. So I'll give you seven specific and practical ways in which this gift can be ex- exercised in the church today, that we need them. Uh, first one is we need to be separating the truth from error. So if you have a gift of discernment, you're able to do that, to separate the truth from error. And you can see that the theme of separating truth from error is a constant one in any discussion of discernment. Uh, Two weeks ago, Nick taught on discerning the will of God. Well, if you have the gift of discernment, you're going to help others discerning the will of God. Remember, the will of God is not a bullseye. It's not like God has a specific will for you that if you don't do that, you've missed it. And for the rest of your life, you're going to have to live with second best because you didn't. No, the will of God is not a bullseye. It's more like a park with the word of God being the boundaries. And anywhere in that park, you're in the will of God. So a a person has a gift of the sermon is able to help the, the body of Christ apply the Bible to their lives so that they know what God wants them to do. Are you with me on that? People tend to get very confused about the will of God as if this is this one thing and if you don't do it, then you're out of the will, will of God. Okay, all right. Uh, a person with this, the gift of the sermon will help the body of Christ identify the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. So the people with the gift of discernment are finally, finally tuned to the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. They're able to uh, based on, uh, once again, on their knowledge of God and the truths he has revealed about himself to understand how he works and where he's working. They're also gifted in being able to tell where the Spirit is not present and warning others 
of counterfeit teaching or counterfeit, counterfeit Christians. And it's always Bible-driven. Do you see that? It's always Bible-driven. The, the Spirit is present where the Bible is present is being faithfully taught. A, a, a person with a gift of discernment is able to identify worldliness. Now, worldliness, we, can, we usually think of it as you know, conforming to the world, in looking at, you know, in, in, in sinning and, and disregarding the scriptures and so on. And that's one side of worldliness. Another side of worldliness is having all these lists that are not biblical of how a person should behave. That, that is also worldliness because it's something that's not based in the Bible. Are you with me on that one? So there's this side of worldliness we tend to agree is you know, sinning and, and be clearly going against the word of God. But as, as also worldly, which is contrary to what we've been taught in the United States for the last 150 years, is also worldly to have a different list of things that's not biblical and say that's how a Christian should behave, how a Christian should look, and so on, because that's also extra biblical and you force that on somebody. You're not being godly, you're actually being worldly. So the legalistic position is, by definition, a worldly position. And a person with the gift of the Spirit, the gift of discernment, is able to see that and should use the gift to do that. A person with a gift of discernment should oversee the exercise of spiritual gifts in general. Help other people exercise their gifts. And you can see then how important it is that the elders truly have the gift of discernment because they are the ones that are over the church in organizing all these other things and helping people practice their their. Um, own gifts. Uh, six, uh, the person with the gift of sermons should be helping the church decide disputes. Remember 1 Corinthians 6? Remember what the Paul says there? What, what, the beginning of the chapter, what's the big beef that Paul has with, Cor- with the Corinthians? Is that they are suing each other in the civil court of law. It says, guys, you who are going to judge all the nations in the age to come, you can't take care of your own disputes in the church. You have to ask the ungodly world to do that. So a person with a gift of discernment is called to help set, settle these disputes there. They've been given the, so the church has been given all it needs to settle its own disputes. It doesn't need to go to civil, civil magistrate. It doesn't need to have unreconciled relationships because it's been given everything it needs to solve all its disputes. And then the, the, they should use this gift to protect new Christians. Um, the, the discerning depends so much on knowledge of God's truth. The Christian with that gift should be careful to protect those that are new in the faith or immature in the faith um, as they grow and help them grow in that way. Any comments or questions on that? Darius. Um, nothing, really. I mean, whatever they have is just common grace. They don't have any of these things that we're talking about because they are spiritual gifts that are given to those who possess the Spirit. So they don't have any of these things that we're talking about. Now, by God's common grace, in spite of their nature, they sometimes do good stuff and um, lead well and so on. So what would we name those certain? 
more judgment upon them later on if they don't repent. Because now God's shown grace to them, and they haven't responded with belief, that becomes more judgment to them. Um, so, uh, and, you know, we're made in God's image, whether we're saved or not. So we're going to reflect some of those things, even tainted by sin, but they're not spiritual gifts. Because they're only for those that the Spirit dwells. Now, what we should do is we should, should have Christians who pursue politics righteously. And then they could exercise. But remember, these gifts are given to be exercised in the church and so on, but the world could benefit from some of that as well. Sonia. So all Christians are called to be discerning. Correct. Correct. Do those who don't no, those that give the first should use that gift to do these things. Yeah, but those of us who don't have that gift but are still called to be discerning, would we do any of those things or are those things? Yeah, you should, you should also be, everybody should be involved in doing a certain matter. Like everybody, for example, everybody should be teaching, right? Because everybody should be able to share the gospel. But not everybody's a teacher. You see, there's a difference there. That's the kind of idea. Everybody should be doing these things, but there are some people who are better at doing that. And they shouldn't waste their gift. They should be doing these things. Okay? And if you have this gift, you shouldn't be trying to go do some other gift over here that's not your gifting. You, you focus on this gift. Does it make sense? All right. So, quick. What if I want it? Pursue it. What if I don't have it? Don't cry about it. Just keep on reading your Bible and, uh, you know, um, uh, grow in your knowledge of scriptures. Work at it. And as you practice it, you're growing it. You may not be the be- ever the best discerning person, the, best, the one that people are going to be looking up for all these things and so on. But we all as Christians are called to grow in our discernment. So if we don't have it, you, 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 uh, you praise the Lord for whatever gifting he's given you and you pursue to... Pursue discernment however way you can. Not to have the gifts of discernment doesn't mean that you're just not discerning at all. It means that you're not, that's not your primary way to serve in the church. Does that make sense to you? So don't leave here saying, Pastor said I don't have to be discerning because I don't have the gift of the Spirit. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Okay? And we're going to play, we can play the, the recording back if you, if you need to. Um, what I'm saying is that if you have a gift of discernment, then you, you're in, you exercise it by doing these things that I mentioned it. But if you don't, you still seek to be discerning, you still look at the scriptures, and you ask for help from other people that may be, may be more discerning than you to grow in that. Does it make sense? Any questions? Sorry, the last two slides had a few notes, a few pages of notes, but we limited out of time. So that's why I just said don't cry about it and keep on, keep on going. Any last comments or questions before we close in? All right, so let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God who provides for your church. We thank you that you gift your church. Help us to know what you've given to us and to use all the gifts that you've given to us by your Spirit to serve each other so that your church may grow into the fullness of Christ who is our head. Dismiss us with your blessings tonight. Take us home safely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.